This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Inshallah, we will be reading from verse number one of Surah Sabah, which is page number 573 in the Noble Quran يعلم ما يلج في الأرض وما يخرج منها وما ينزل من السماء وما يعرج فيها وهو الرحيم الغفور وقال الذين كفروا لا تأتين الساعة قل بلى وربي لتأتينكم عالم الغيب لا يعزب عنهم إثقال ذرة في السماوات ولا في الأرض ولا أصغر من ذلك ولا أكبر إلا في كتاب مبين ليجزي الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات أولئك لهم مغفرة ورزق والذين سعوا في آياتنا معاجزين أولئك لهم عذاب من رجز أليم ويرى الذين أوتوا العلم الذي أنزل إليك من ربك هو الحق ويهدي إلى صراط العزيز الحميد وقال الذين كفروا هل ندلكم على رجل ينبئكم إذا مزقتم كل ممزق إنكم لفي خلق جديد أفترى على الله كذبا أم به جنة بل الذين لا يؤمنون بالآخرة في العذاب والضلال البعيد أَفَلَمْ يَرَوْا إِلَى مَا بَيْنَ أَيْدِيهِمْ وَمَا خَلْفَهُمْ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ وَالْأَرْضِ إِنَّ شَأْ نَخْسِفْ بِهِمُ الْأَرْضَ أَوْ نُسْقِطْ عَلَيْهِمْ كِسَفًا مِنَ السَّمَاءِ إِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ لَآيَةً لِكُلِّ عَبْدٍ بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه والتابعين ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد We commence by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala We thank him for everything he has given us We ask his forgiveness for all our shortcomings For the sins we may have committed For all the deviations that we may have gone through. May Allah protect us. May He forgive us. May He guide us. May He grant us steadfastness. May He open the doors of goodness for every one of us. May He bless us today, tomorrow, every day. May He bless us the day we die and may He bless us when we are in our graves. May He protect us 
and may he grant us resurrection with Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam through his mercy and his love for us. Amen. Blessings and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his entire household, all his companions, and all those over the centuries who have struggled and sacrificed in order to learn this deen, put it into practice and convey it to others. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from amongst those as well. My mothers and sisters, a beautiful morning here in Harare. We thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for granting us this moment to gather here to learn a few words of His, to go through what He has said. And I always say, going through the word of our Maker, our Creator, the one whom we are going to return to, is the most soothing thing we could ever do in terms of the words that one would go through or the book that one could read. If anyone asks, I'm searching for comfort and contentment and I don't find it, the answer is, you have not yet found the word of Allah. I'm searching for comfort and contentment and I don't find it. You have not yet found the Qur'an and its meaning. You don't understand the power of the word of the one who made you, the one who is going to have mercy on you the day you are going to be buried. The one whom you are going to return to and so shall I. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us and guide us, protect us from shaitan. Whenever we read the Qur'an, we start off by saying, A'udhu billahi shaitan rajim I seek protection in Allah from shaitan the accursed. The reason is shaitan comes to us and makes us lazy. So we don't like to read sometimes, or we don't feel to read, or we don't like to try and understand, or we don't feel that. And if this definitely is the case, then it would be from shaitan, because this is the word of Allah. So if we take a look at what we are achieving today by going through these beautiful words, it is nothing short of guidance, goodness, blessings, mercy, comfort, contentment, the word of Allah. Look at how he starts this beautiful surah, surah Saba. Saba, also known in the English language as Sheba. It's the name of a place. So this surah is named after a place in the southern Arabian region. So Allah says, Alhamdulillah. That's how it starts. All praise is due to Allah. Praise and thanks be to Allah, to whom belongs all that is in the heavens and all that is in the earth. Everything belongs to Allah. It will return to Him. We think sometimes that we own things, we have things. We don't realize our ownership is very limited, very limited. If Allah wants, He can sweep it off from beneath our feet. And if Allah wants, he can cause us to perish. So whatever we had becomes irrelevant. Today, mashallah, Allah has blessed us. We have food, we have drink. Some of us might have suffered a loss here or there. Some of us might have gained a bit of profit here or there. All this is from Allah. All praise is due to Allah. My mothers and sisters, we are in this one huge examination room known as the dunya. Our soul was given a uniform. The uniform is the body. That body, together with the soul, was allowed entry into this examination room known as the dunya. We will be here for 70 years, approximately 65-70. That is the average. Some will leave earlier, some slightly later. After that, we have to walk out of the exam room, whether we like it or not. The time will be up, we walk out. 
and we leave our body behind, the soul carries on. So Allah is saying all praise belongs to He who gave us the opportunity to come here to prove that we love Him. So I'm in the dunya to prove that I love Allah. And you are in the dunya to prove that you love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To obey Him, to worship Him. You know, in this dunya, when we love someone, we say nice things to them. We say what they, what they would like to hear. And if we've said something that is hurtful, we apologize. We are so sorry. We don't want to hurt you. We don't want to say things that are bad. We don't want to say things that would make you feel that we don't love you. And if you've instructed us to do something, we'd like to do it. If someone tells you and you love them so much that please can you go to the shops and buy me a bit of bread? You would run to the shops and buy a whole loaf of bread or even more. And you would do so happily. Come back and say, no, mashallah, so I, I really don't mind. I'll do that every day for you. I'll cook for you. I'll do this for you. Do that for you. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we were sent into the dunya to prove our love for Him, the one who made us. So, you know, we love human beings. MashaAllah, that's a sign from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We love people for the right reasons. But if you take a look at yourself in the mirror, the one who made you and me, the one who made me, I owe him all my love. Because if we tend to love ourselves, <clears throat> who made us? Who made us? SubhanAllah. The one who made us, he owns all praise and all thanks because he gave us such a powerful opportunity. And he says that I created all these things around you just for you. Some of them is part of the test. You know, when you have a test, there are obstacles. All the questions are not easy. Some of them are hard. Some of them you might not really know the answer, so you need to seek help. And sometimes seeking help is a mission. So all these things, look at the trees, look at the skies, look at the oxygen, look at the buildings, look at where we are sitting right now, look at the carpet, look at this, look at that, look at your cars, look at your clothing, look at the, the perfumes, look at everything. Allah says, we made it for you. Whilst you're in this exam room, enjoy. But enjoy in a way that you understand it must not come between you and Allah. We cannot enjoy a day out in the lake, no dhuhr and no asr. That cannot be the case. We cannot enjoy a day out, for example, where we went to have food, no maghrib and no isha. Yet we enjoyed the meal. But the one who gave us the meal, the one who created that whole thing for us, the one who gave us the money we have, the one who gave us the affordability of the holiday that we went on, yet not one salah when we went. And yet, for example, our dress code changed when we went and we don't understand. It's part of your exam. The answer to the question is wrong. Come on, we need to improve it. And the beauty is we can keep on going back to the answer, scratch it off with tawbah and write the right answer. So Allah says, Alhamdulillah. All praise. I love this verse. It starts Surah Al-Fatiha the same way. Alhamdulillah. All praise, all thanks is due to Allah. Primarily, everything is from Allah. Even though we thank people, someone does something good to you. For example, they help you, they assist you, they did something nice for you. Or, so you tell them, you know, I, I thank you very much. Jazakumullahu khairan, may Allah reward you. Or however you'd like to word it properly. The reality is Allah gave them the ability and the opportunity to do that for you or for me. So, yes, we will thank them. But on top of that, we need to thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because Allah gave them the capability to do that. So Allah says, all praise is due to Allah. All thanks is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The one whom everything in the skies and the earth belong to. They belong to Him. Allahu Akbar. And 
He is all the praise and thanks, or His is all the praise and thanks in the hereafter too. In the hereafter, whose is all the praise? It's for Allah. And He is the all-wise, the all-aware. All-wise meaning whatever rules and regulations He has set forth for us, He knows that that is how we will achieve success and contentment in the dunya. This morning I was chatting with someone and I said, we would like our children to obey us, but we sometimes do not find it important to obey the one who created us and who created them as well. So if we obey Allah's instruction, we will find that our children will find it easy to obey our instruction. Quite simple, logical. And Allah says, we will test you and we know, we set rules, regulations, you follow them, you'll achieve happiness, contentment, no matter what happens. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us contentment and happiness and goodness. So to him belongs the praise, firstly in the skies and then in the, in the, in, on the earth and whatever is between it, entire creation and thereafter, even in the akhirah, even in the hereafter, all praise belongs to whom? To Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Amazing. So this is Allah and this is the gift of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he says he is all wise. He knows what he's doing. He knows. He knows that whatever comes to us came to us as part of the test. Nothing's going to be exactly as we want it. No. We've always said, you lose a loved one or the loved one loses you or both pass away together. But someone somewhere has to die. So there will be changes in my life and in your lives. There will be, definitely. We need to surrender totally to those changes. And remember, they went out of the exam room. We are soon going to go out of the exam room. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect us. So Allah says, the all-wise, the all-aware, the one who is aware of everything, he knows you cannot hide from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nothing can be hidden from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. يَعْلَمُ مَا يَلِجُ فِي الْأَرْضِ He knows everything. He knows that which goes into the earth. That which goes into the earth, he knows it. And that which comes forth from it. So when you plant a seed, Allah knows what has gone in. What is coming out, what will come out, what shall come out, what will not come out, everything Allah knows. On top of that, what is in the belly of the earth in terms of perhaps, let's say minerals, or in terms of natural gas, or what is in the oceans in terms of fish or pearls or anything else, Allah knows. Even what is under the earth in terms of perhaps volcanic material and so on. All that Allah knows. Allah knows everything. The tectonic plates further down that sometimes their movement causes earthquakes. All that Allah knows. And on top of that, the actions of man, Allah knows. Whether they are hidden, whether they are apparent. So he says, he knows everything. That which goes into the earth and that which comes forth from it. And that which descends from the heavens and that which ascends to it. Whatever goes up, he knows it. Whatever comes down, he knows it. So the good deeds or the bad deeds, when they go up, Allah knows. When it comes down, when the mercy of Allah comes down, or the punishment, Allah knows. Or even anything else connected to me or you, anything and everything. Whatever goes up, Allah knows. Comes down, Allah knows. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows absolutely everything. Nothing is hidden from him. And he is the most merciful, oft forgiving. Look at how Allah ends the verse. I am most forgiving and I am most merciful. 
Allahu Akbar. Why is Allah saying this? One of the reasons is, after making mention of the knowledge of Allah, that He knows everything, we would become embarrassed because He knows what's in our hearts, He knows what's in our minds, even if we haven't done it. And He knows it, but He says, don't worry, I'm most merciful, most forgiving. He knows what we've done in secret. He knows what we've done openly. He knows the mistakes we've made in secret. He knows that which we've done openly. He knows the defiant sins we've committed in secret and those which we've done openly. So after that, he says, I am still most forgiving, most merciful. Amazing. So when we learn about the knowledge of Allah and the fact that we can never ever hide from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, no matter what, then Allah caps that by saying, I am most merciful, most forgiving, so that we feel the hope and we realize that when Allah created us, He loves us. He expects us to worship Him and Him alone. In return, He will give us paradise. And He has promised this to us. So then verse number 3, Allah says, As for the disbelievers, what did they say? They said, the hour will not come to us. We are not going to die. And the world is not going to come to an end. لا تأتين الساعات So two meanings to this الساعات in reality is referring to the day of Qiyamah or should I say the end of time the hour, the final hour So they said the world won't come to an end We're just going to carry on and on That is one meaning of it That is the proper original meaning And then it seeps through to mean they become forgetful of death A disbeliever forgets death They don't even want to talk about it They don't even know and they don't even want to know they don't want to know. Why? They're enjoying. Everything is enjoying. We're going to have a bride tonight. Come on, man. How can I die between now and then? That chicken is waiting for me. Allahu Akbar. But that's not right. A believer, it should cross your mind every day that you might not see the night. And every night that you might not see the day. Then you are a true believer. That is normal for a mu'min who believes in Allah to consider the fact that they may go at any time. That thought must not depress you, but it must make you concerned to prepare for that day. This is what it is. What a gift of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. I'm going, maybe before tonight. And so are you, maybe before tonight. And my loved ones might disappear today. And I might disappear for them the same day. It might, maybe. So what should I do? Do I become depressed and start holding the carpet and holding the sides and holding people and saying, I don't want to go. No, that doesn't help. I need to start preparing by saying, Astaghfirullah, Subhanallah, La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah. I read Salah, I try my best, open the Quran and continue. Today someone asked me a question via email that I read a lot of Salah and I read a lot of Quran. Show me something else that is even better or that I can achieve lots of contentment by. And I said, start going into the meanings of the Quran. Start going into the meanings of the Qur'an. You look forward to Jannah. And you know Allah will save you from Jahannam by the word of Allah. So long as you are a decent person, trying your best and engaging in lots of istighfar. You try your best. And ask Allah's forgiveness. So, this is the gift of Allah. The kuffar used to say, no, the world's not going to come to an end. It's just life. Some of them used to believe in reincarnation, which means... Once you die, you send back in a different body for another test. That's not true. So Allah says, لا تأتين الساعة وقال الذين كفروا لا تأتين الساعة The disbelievers say, the hour will not come to us. Say, 
to them. Tell them, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Bala wa rabbi lata'tiyannakum. Yes, by Allah, the all-knower of the unseen, it will definitely come to you. Did you hear that? Qul, tell them, Bala wa rabbi, indeed, by Allah, lata'tiyannakum alimil ghayb. By the one who knows the unseen, it will definitely come to you. All this is definitely come, coming to an end. It's just a creation that Allah created to give us an opportunity to prove our love for Him. That's all. To prove that we worship Him alone and that we will be worshippers who will try our best to please Him. Alimin ghayb. La ya'zubu anhu. Let's listen to the meaning of this. It says, Not even the weight of an atom or a small ant or less than that or greater escapes his knowledge in the heavens or in the earth. But it is in a clear book. It is all written. It is all there. Nothing. Here again, Allah is trying to, or Allah is saying, that you cannot hide from Allah. Everything is written. Everything is done. This includes two things. One is predestiny. Your date of death was written prior to your birth. So was mine. I can do nothing to change that. Nothing. This is why when someone passes away, we cannot become depressed because that was their date of death. That was their time of death. And that was the way they were going to die. So this, we surrender to the decree of Allah. My date of death is written. Now, between now and then, and it's a mystery for me, but it's not a mystery for Allah, I need to make sure that I try my best, like we've been saying all along. Look at these verses. Allah has these power-packed verses, one after the other, telling us and reminding us that Allah knows everything, you're going to return to Him. Allah knows absolutely everything, you're going to return to Him and so on. So one is the predestiny and two, the deeds we do, completely written, totally recorded. Nothing can hide from Allah. Nothing is not registered. When we engage in tawbah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts the repentance, He registered the repentance. As a result of the repentance, He chooses to delete the evil or to replace it with good deeds depending on whether or not we have done good deeds after it you see two things a person repents and then uh, they don't do the same sin again but they, they, their good deeds are not that much in that case Allah may choose to forgive that sin but if a person repents and then does a lot of other good deeds Allah says the sins that you did in the past, we will swap them for good deeds. Because now we saw, not only were you dedicated to the change, but you were dedicated to increasing your balance of good deeds. So they will spill over and take over the bad deeds as well. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us forgiveness. So Allah says, it is all in this clear book. Why is it in the clear book? Why is it in the clear book? Allah says, so that he may recompense those who believe in the oneness of Allah and do righteous good deeds, those theirs is forgiveness and a generous provision of paradise.
So Allah says, everything is in the book. Everything is recorded. We know. And why is all this happening? In order that we can recompense those who believe and do good deeds. And so that they can have paradise. They will, have, they will be forgiven by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we ask Allah to grant that to us and to take us into paradise. All this is heading in one direction. Speaking about resurrection, speaking about the reality of the dunya, speaking about the ownership that Allah has, which is absolutely everything, and speaking about how helpless we are. This is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has explained in these particular words of His. Then He says, وَالَّذِينَ سَعَوْ فِي آيَاتِنَا مُعَاجِزِينَ أُولَٰئِكَ لَهُمْ عَذَابٌ مِنْ but those who strive against our proofs, our evidences, our verses, our lessons, our signs, our revelations, those who strive against these ayat to frustrate them, those, for them, there will be a severe, painful torment, which is referring to the punishment in the dunya as well as in the akhirah. So when a person goes against the laws of Allah, defies them, spreads mischief on earth, does not want to understand or worship or believe in the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and, and they refuse to obey His instruction, come what may. There comes a time when Allah might choose to recompense them with something hard and severe. May Allah protect us from that. So Allah says, obviously this is more referring to the akhirah, but it includes the dunya. Which means, if a person dies in that condition, then only Allah knows how they will be and what their condition will be. He's warned them completely. May we not be from amongst them. Amen. So Allah says, And those who have been given knowledge, they see things differently. When someone has knowledge, and the root of all knowledge is the Qur'an. You need to know that. The root of all knowledge is the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is the owner of knowledge. So if we want knowledge and we, we want to be top people on the globe, not only knowledge of the dunya, but knowledge of the akhirah, knowledge of the deen and the dunya, the root of everything is the Qur'an. Then obviously it leads us to various other things, primarily the sunnah of Rasulullah the hadith and so on. And on top of that we have, or should I say after that we have the other faculties of knowledge which stem from there. Some people might have excelled because of the years that have passed uh, in various technologies and so on. But the root of everything in the Quran. So ask yourself today, do I really have knowledge? You know, today we know so many things. MashaAllah, we know baking, cooking, how to make sutterfini and jalebi and samosas and bhajiyas. Top cook, top chef, MashaAllah. Brilliant food, MashaAllah. The marination and the this and the that. Everything. And we know it. But that's not knowledge. Knowledge is from the Quran. We still don't know reality. <laughs> SubhanAllah, something's come to my mind. When you cook, MashaAllah, people can praise your food. But if you didn't start off by saying Bismillah, Perhaps you wasted a reward that you could have got in the name of Allah. No matter how top a chef you are, believe me, you start off in the name of Allah. Where will you get that from? The Quran. MashaAllah. May Allah grant us goodness. No matter what, my mothers and sisters, it's important for us to relate things to Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is the owner of knowledge. Whatever He's given us, everything is, is from Him. He's the source of all this knowledge. And remember, 
that knowledge which will drive us into Jannah is the primary knowledge that was meaningful and beautiful. This is why I tell some of the sisters that, you know, yes, it's good to know how to cook and it's good to this and to that, but sometimes we waste hours on end learning how to decorate a biscuit and a cake. So we go and learn the intricacies of how to put something on it and how to make this and that, and we've spent hours on end, hours, and we practice and we try and we make mistakes and we have to throw away and give this and give that and until we perfect it and we have not yet spent one-tenth of such time learning the meaning of the Qur'an. So when we go into our qabr, are all our cakes and biscuits going to be put on the side and say, hang on, don't eat this body, eat these biscuits. No ways, no ways. What will happen is, our deeds, our a'mal, you made the biscuits, did you feed the poor? Did you say bismillah? Did you thank Allah? Did you read two rak'at of salah? Did you spend more time than that building your akhirah so that we can eat some sort of biscuits that will be completely unique in Jannah? Totally. So sometimes we just need a reminder to say balance it. This will help you. Yes, it will help you, but only in the dunya. People will say, mashallah, top, you can sell your stuff, you can make your money, you can buy a house, you can do this. But what about your house in the Akhirah? I was in South Africa yesterday, we made mention at one of the functions of uh, how much we spend to build a house. So we spend, say, in our part of the world, $200,000. Wow, we spend for what? For the house. That's still okay, it's a reasonable amount, to be honest with you, for those who own houses. So we, we earned and we spent and we built and we replenished and we want a posh, a plush, what do they call it? A plush, yeah? A plush bathroom and a this and a that. Mashallah, brilliant, brilliant. How much did we spend? How much did we spend to build our house of eternity in Jannah? So I gave an example and I said, if we really, really have it proper, we would spend at least double that amount. Sometimes, maybe not in cash, but your time, your effort, your energy with yourself, your children, your family, the obedience of Allah, so many other things. And sometimes Allah has not blessed us all with the same type of things. Each one of us has different blessings. Some people, it's easier for them to do something. Some people are not yet married, maybe. So they don't have the opportunity of worshipping Allah through serving, for example, their spouse or so on, perhaps their in-laws and what have you. But... Everyone has their own opportunities from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's important. So my mothers and sisters, if we take a look at this, we will come to learn and realize that sometimes we spend more time on that which is not going to benefit us eternally, but that which has short-term benefit. Short, very short-term. I mean, that biscuit is going to go in, and before you know it, it's out. Allahu Akbar. May Allah protect us. Whereas that subhanallah, walhamdulillah, wa la ilaha illallah, wallahu akbar, wa la hawla wa la quwwata, illa billahi al-ali al-azim. Those statements, when you know the meaning of it and you've said it thoroughly and properly, they will carry you to paradise one day and they will lift you up and come and bring you. And Allah says, one day you praised me and you knew what you were saying and you believed it in your heart. That is enough. I don't want to look at anything else. You go straight into paradise. May Allah grant that to us. You know, sitting after Fajr Salah, powerful dua we are taught by Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Subhanallah wa bihamdihi adada khalqihi wa ridha nafsihi wa zinata arshihi wa midada kalimatihi 
powerful dua. We need to learn its meaning and we need to repeat it at least thrice every morning after Fajr. And if you know its meaning and you're repeating it thrice every morning after Fajr, believe me, it's better than anything and everything you've ever had in terms of material items in this dunya. But sometimes we don't know. Why? Because we didn't spend the time, we didn't use our energies and effort in that direction as much as we should have. So Alhamdulillah, thank Allah that today we are listening to the powerful words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He says, And those who have been given knowledge, see that what is revealed to you, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, from your Lord is actually the truth. So when people have knowledge, they recognize the truthfulness of the Qur'an. When people have knowledge, they recognize and realize that what Allah has revealed is the truth. When people have knowledge, they know that any problem I'm going through, the solution lies in surrendering to Allah's hukm and command and instruction. But when people don't have knowledge, they will dilly-dally like locusts that are really coming out of their little hole into the light and don't know in which direction to go. Why? They don't have knowledge. They are not calm in their hearts. They are not full of contentment. They are people who are living on edge. They get angry for any small thing. They are upset with whatever Allah has done. They do not want to hear of the hukum of Allah, nor do they want to surrender to the taqdeer of Allah that Allah has put in front of them. Some people don't have anything in this dunya, nothing. And they are sitting so happy, so happy. They live, they come, they read their salah, and they, they might not even have a proper place to bath and to make wudu and so on, but they will go to the masjid or they will use whatever is at their disposal and they're still sitting happy. And they know that we are just here in this test for Allah. If this is the obstacle that He has put in our lives, then this is what it will be. We are not going to change it except through the same Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, because of lack of knowledge, others in a better condition than those are less content. Lack of knowledge and lack of preparedness to surrender to the knowledge. You have knowledge, thank Allah, mashallah. Obey Allah's instruction, you find calmness, coolness. Your, your heart will have a cover on it in the sense that it is protected from dilly-dallying in this direction and that. May Allah grant us goodness. This is why Allah says, those who have been given knowledge, they are the ones who see that what is revealed to you, O Muhammad ﷺ, from your Lord is the truth. If they don't have knowledge, they won't be able to see that. So people start questioning, people start disbelieving, people start ignoring, people start disobeying. Why? All of that is lack of knowledge. You need two things, sincerity and knowledge. You need those two things. So some people, they lack the knowledge. This is why Allah is encouraging all of us to become people who have at least a little bit of knowledge. There are certain things that are necessary to be known by every person who claims to be following this deen. Otherwise, they cannot call themselves followers of the deen. So if you want to claim to be a Muslim, you need to know your five salah, that they are compulsory. You need to know your zakah, your hajj, you need to know that it is compulsory at least. And if you are going to go, you need to know how to do it. And then you need to know the pillars, the song and so on, uh, the shahada and what it entails. And you need to have iman. Iman in what? In the angels, iman in, uh, meaning belief in the angels, the prophets, the books, the last day, 
good and bad fate is from Allah. And here, a lot of us dilly-dally when it comes to taqdeer. Good and bad fate is from Allah. You do the best you can, leave the rest in the hands of Allah. When Allah chose something for you, that is His choice. You can make dua if you want something you think is better. But for now, you need to surrender that Allah knows the condition I am in is better for me in person. Is better for me in person. Allahu Akbar. We've given examples so many times in the past that people sometimes are sitting and making dua for something. And they say, Allah grant me this or that, whatever it is, whatever, everyone has different things. And they say, Allah grant me this, grant me that, I want this, I need this, Ya Allah, please, I'm asking you for so long, Ya Allah, grant me, grant me. And we're trying, and we're trying to obey Allah's instruction. But Allah says, my worshipper, I know you're a good worshipper, I love you. But I know that that particular thing you are asking for, it's going to be a means of your sadness in the dunya perhaps, or a means of your downfall, or it's going to be bad for you in one way or another. So out of my love for you, my mercy for you, I don't want you to have it. You know, it's like asking sometimes, thinking that you're going to get something nice, mashallah, you know, you ask for a knife set, for example, and you're not getting the knife set. I'm purposely giving an example that's far from whatever we may be going through. You ask for a knife set, and Allah is not giving you the knife set. Why? He knows that your intention is to use it in the kitchen because you're a powerful cook. But he, you don't know that He knows that you'll slice your finger the first day you get that knife set. So Allah says, better we don't give it to you. And even now, you are upset, but you don't know. Allah did you a big favor, a huge favor. So thank Allah, Ya Allah, I asked for it. You're not giving it to me. Alhamdulillah, I surrendered to your command and your decree. If that's what you know is better for me, then I am with you. Because for as long as you are with me, there is nothing else that I need. No dinner set and no knife set. Nothing. Me and Allah, we need to be the best of friends. That's all. How can you be the friend of Allah? Know that He is the one who knows what He's doing for you. This is what Allah is telling us. So Allah says, those with knowledge, they actually know that whatever is revealed to you, O Muhammad wasallam, is indeed the truth. Subhanallah. It's indeed the truth. And they also know that the same book that is revealed to you, O Muhammad wasallam, guides to the path of the exalted in might, the owner of all praise. It guides to the path of Allah. This book, it guides to the path of Allah. Who knows this? Those with knowledge. Those without knowledge, they will not come to terms with it and they will not understand it. So from this verse, we all are encouraged to seek at least some knowledge and to continue seeking and to prepare for the day when we meet with Allah. You know, today you have friends, you have acquaintances, you have family and so on. The day we die, we are all alone, all alone. They will not be able to come and answer a question for us. They will not be able to come and decide what's going to happen in the grave. They will not be able to come and choose for us where we are going to stay. Today they can tell you, we'll stay at this hotel or that place. We're going to go on holiday here or there. Mashallah, beautiful. May Allah grant us the enjoyment in the dunya on condition that it results in the obedience of Allah which takes us through to paradise. Yes, but if that enjoyment is going to take us in another direction, we'd better repent as soon as possible. Because Allah says, subhanahu wa ta'ala, when a person passes away, they are all on their own on your own in the grave you're on your own what happened where are the others no family with you who else no friends with you who else no other people with you 
None of your property with you. Nothing. Only you and your deeds. Your deeds. May Allah forgive us and accept the good deeds and multiply the good deeds for us. So it's up to you today and now to tell yourself, I want to increase my good deeds. Give out a small charity. One dollar, five dollars. That can take you to Jannah. Allahu Akbar. Fear Allah, even if it means through the pip of a date. The little pip of a date. Even through that. Or a portion of a date. Fear Allah through it. You know, we need to be careful. What we eat. What we give. We should be giving in charities. Rather than spending on something haram. All this Allah is blessing us by informing us about this. And may Allah grant us an increase in knowledge, my mothers and sisters. So then Allah repeats again. Verse number 7. He says, وَقَالَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا This is the second time in a few verses that Allah is saying, the disbelievers say, this is what they say. هَلْ نَدُلُّكُمْ Now before I get into the meaning of this, the disbelievers are trying to show that they are surprised and they are astonished by someone who is saying you are going to be resurrected after you are completely disintegrated into the soil. So now they are asking a question. The disbelievers say, Shall we direct you to a man? And they're trying to say he's mad. Astaghfirullah. Shall we direct you to a man, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa who will tell you that when you have become fully disintegrated into dust with full dispersion, then you will be created again, resurrected anew? Should we show you that man? So the disbelievers were telling one another and they were telling the others. And you know what? We've got a, astaghfirullah, a madman here who is telling us that after you are in the soil and after you are disintegrated and completely dispersed into dust, someone somehow, somewhere will resurrect you and you're going to come back into life and you will come back and answer to, to the Creator. So they were laughing, they were scoffing. Allah says, these are the disbelievers. That is the question. So listen to what Allah says. هَلْ نَدُلُّكُمْ عَلَىٰ رَجُلٍ يُنَبِّئُكُمْ إِذَا مُزِّقْتُمْ كُلَّ مُمَزَّقٍ إِنَّكُمْ لَفِي خَلْقٍ جَدِيدٍ Can we show you that man who is saying this, that you are going to be resurrected anew? So, أَفْتَرَى عَلَىٰ اللَّهِ كَذِبًا They are saying, has he invented a lie against Allah? Or is he a madman? Nay, Allah says, but those who disbelieve in the hereafter are themselves in a torment. And in far error, they are making a big mistake to think like that. Big mistake. Where are those who've died in the past? They are gone. Where did they go? Back to their maker. If anyone has another answer, they are making a mistake. Because nobody came back to us. Nobody told us anything. Nobody can even come back to even have a chat with us. No, they can't. So Allah says, They are calling him a madman, but they are the ones who are living in torment. Now, from this we learn a lot. We learn that the torment of the disbelievers is not only in the akhirah, but even in the dunya. When a person disbelieves and disagrees with Allah, they start suffering first in this world. So they suffer and they suffer and they cannot show face and they worried about people and they worried about this and that and they have a lot of tension and stress and depression. Why? Because they have not understood the word of Allah. They don't want to believe and they do not believe that we are ultimately going to return to Allah and they don't even want to prepare for that day because they don't even believe in it in the first place. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, they are the ones who are astray. 
They are the ones who start suffering in the dunya. They are in far error, making a big mistake. And in the akhirah, the same thing is waiting for them, but much, much more severe. So Allah says, أَفَلَمْ يَرَوْا إِلَى مَا بَيْنَ أَيْدِيهِمْ Wow! This is the last verse which we read today. Allah is asking them to see. Do they not see what is before them and what is behind them of the heaven and the earth? Can't they see, look around you? Can't they look around themselves? Can't they see everything? Don't they see in the past and in the future? Meaning, don't they see the people of the past and those who may come in the future? And this is just one thing, but this verse includes everything. Don't they look at all the different signs of Allah, whatever has come in, and all the signs of Allah, do they still not believe and understand? Do they not see what is before them and what is behind them? of the heaven and the earth, whatever they have, all their provisions, everything they own, if we will, we shall sink the earth with them or cause a piece of the heaven to fall upon them. If we want, we can do that. Verily, in this is a sign for every slave who turns to Allah in repentance. Allahu Akbar. So it means the one who believes in the oneness of Allah and performs deeds of his obedience and always begs Allah's forgiveness, he is the one who is successful. So Allah is saying, if Allah wants, he can snatch everything away from me and you and anyone else now and here. He can cause the earth to open up and swallow us in a way that there will be no sign of us or anything we own. Nothing. It has happened already in so many places in the world where people and their whole cities have gone under the ground never to be seen again. Earthquake, volcano, whatever else. And Allah says, if we want, we can send the torment from the top, from the heavens. We can cause a piece of the heavens, a piece of the skies, sorry, a piece of the skies to drop on them. However, Allah wills. He knows it has happened in the past. So Allah is saying, we are all powerful. Don't underestimate our power and our might. My mothers and sisters, a beautiful, powerful session that we've had this morning. And we've gone through the verses that I recited this, uh, to start with. And we ask Allah to make us steadfast, to grant us knowledge, to open our doors, and really to grant us steadfastness. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make easy for us whatever tests we are going through, bearing in mind that we need to be content through Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's help and assistance and that will only come if really we understand his word, his kalam. Make an effort to understand the meanings of the Qur'an. Make an effort to understand the meanings of the Qur'an, the word of Allah. Make a very big effort to understand the meanings of the Qur'an and the doors of the dunya and the akhirah will open for you. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad. Subhanallah wa bihamdihi, subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta nastawfiruka wa natubu ilayk.